Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is no better show on your radio. This is Around the House with Eric G. Everybody stop what you're doing, please! From your back fence to the sidewalk, Eric will tell you how to keep it all in tip-top shape while helping you save a buck while doing it. If you like DIY projects, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it, and Eric is here to guide the way. These are the wrong plans! These are the old plans! All that and more on the fastest two hours of home improvement radio. Stop it! Stop what you're doing! Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk home improvement every single weekend. Thanks for joining us. Again, we have our special guest co-host this week, Caroline B., America's Healthy Home Expert. Welcome to Around the House, Caroline. Hey guys, thanks for having me back, back in the seat, co-hosting. Well, good news this week, I'm watching lumber prices, they've been all over the board, but I think we're on the home stretch here, we're starting to see that get better, so all you guys out there waiting on those projects, it looks like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train, so hang on, a couple months we might see some serious lumber prices going down where they're supposed to be not what they're at today well it's been a fun week we got a big show ahead today we're going to be talking about a bunch of different stuff hour number two i've got elizabeth gomez who's going to talk about contractors she's a contractor we're going to hear her story but caroline you got me into a rabbit hole this week you know i'm a theme park aficionado and you sent over this video that's documentary on netflix about this local theme park in your area how the heck did they let that happen classic it was action or it's a class action park oh my god yeah vernon new jersey (laughs) this water park that was created in the 70s to about 96 and there were no rules this wall street mogul basically decided he was going to create a water park up in northern new jersey and just do it with no engineers, no security. He had kids running the park. Oh my gosh. And it's just the story, this documentary about how this, how we survived. I can't even believe we went there and survived. It was crazy. Crazy. I mean, this documentary is crazy. I mean, he built a loop to loop type single loop water, water slide, slide. <laughs> and paid kids to be his test crash test dummies. <laughs> And would give them a hundred bucks to ride it down there. And when they lost their teeth or <sighs> got hurt or anything else, they'd clean them up, kick them back out and pay them a hundred bucks. And I mean, it was gruesome. It was really bad. And they had all these rides that, like I said, no engineers ever certified or looked at. He just created them. I mean, he and he had a lot of the guys from, I think, Disney and... Uh, Great Adventure and all of these theme parks that had sort of been not hired by these places or they were kind of like, you know, kicked out. They weren't using (laughs) them anymore. Yeah, they were sketchy. And so he had these guys helping to create this park and a lot of people got killed and a lot of people got hurt, which was really sad. 
but the story is just incredible that this even occurred. Crazy. I mean, that was crazy. And I look at it and go, man, how did they get away with it? I mean, his insurance company was faking in the Grand Cayman Islands, and that's what nuts. I just can't believe that. Oh, my God. And people would get hurt, and they would sue, and he would just hold them up in court, and he would say he wasn't responsible, and he'd make them go through the loops and not ever settle. And so a lot of people, you know, they lost they lost children. It was, it was so disturbing. I can't even believe it happened. But people should check it out just for – just that something like this could potentially happen, and especially during the 80s and 90s, it was a different time, so we had a lot less regulation, but crazy. You see this kind of with building codes sometimes and everything else, how it yes. relates, but talk about a guy that went into New Jersey and just decided he was going to do it his own way. From the 70s to the 90s, he had Action Park, which is this huge water park, and nobody, I mean, people were questioning it, but he just knew people, he had good lawyers. He never admitted that he was ever doing anything wrong. So he'd force people into lawsuit if they did have injury and people really got hurt. I mean, they got killed. They got they got maimed. They had concussions. They had drownings. I mean, I mean drownings. they had everything. It was, I just it yeah. blows my mind. And all of our parents like of this generation took us there thinking, oh, this is a safe place for take our kids to the, <laughs> the water park. Oh, my God. Well, you but, think about it. I mean, he had that look like that, you know, just watching that movie. They had that. uh like a 20 foot drop off where you jumped off a cliff into the lake kind of thing as you did as a kid. And there was nobody there. It was just people jumping in the water. There was no lifeguard there saying, Hey, don't jump on top of the next person. They were just doing their thing. No. And if you jumped on that rope and you didn't let go, cause people would fly out and they would get be afraid. Right. And they wouldn't drop yeah. off. It was a Tarzan swing. So when they would Tarzan, they wouldn't stop and they Tarzan back and they'd hit the wall where they came from the platform and it would knock them down into the ground. And this was like completely oh. okay. So yeah, it was this, they just, so anybody who wants to see something kind of disturbing, but also if you're a, a child of the seventies, eighties and not early nineties, you might really appreciate that. We kind of were more like latchkey kids. And it's, it's a documentary about not only the park, but then also about growing up at that time and how we just didn't have rules. You know, it was a lot, a lot um, of um, freedom and just not, yeah. Speaking of no rules in building, no rules in building. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny too. And by the way, talking about no rules in building, I'm starting to see some apps coming out on like, you know, I'll be on social media and I'll say, oh, there's this new app where you can hire a, you can hire a handyman to come out and stuff like that. Well, I was looking at it and I'm like, wait a minute. In my area, at least in Oregon here, if you're a handyman company, you have to be licensed, bonded, insured like a regular contractor. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing these apps now coming out where you can hire somebody to come over and do, you know, fix a toilet or whatever. They're not seeing anywhere on these apps that they're actually licensed, bonded, insured. I think you're getting just, you know, Joe with his tools coming over to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't going to go well. This isn't <laughs> no. going to go well. You know, other states, depending on where you're at in the country, some people have to have them, you know, uh, as far as the uh, the contractor's license. Other places, you know, oh, you're handyman, you don't need a license, but... Make sure you're following your local rules and laws with that stuff because many times you can't hire a handyman to come over and do plumbing work. You have to hire the licensed plumber to be legal. And uh, just make sure you're getting the right people coming over. And I don't care if they do the background checks and stuff on it at all. You just want to make sure they don't do further damage to your house if you've got them going over there to work. Just to play devil's advocate, though, you know, one of the issues with contractors is that, like, a lot of my clients have these minor projects that they need done. 
and they just can't mm-hmm. find anybody to do it, Eric. That's the bigger problem. I know. And and there are important things that need to be done, right? Maybe it is changing a toilet. Maybe it's putting in, you know, a, just a door or a window. You don't need a whole Anderson to come out and give you a whole price point on six windows or seven windows. You just have one. Mm-hmm. And it is really challenging for people to find good work to do a small job. So where do you think that they should go? Like, what's the best place to really get somebody when you do have smaller projects? You know, if it's plumbing stuff, I'd go down to my local plumbing, uh, you know, wholesale retail kind of place uh, store and ask who the good plumber is there. Um, A lot of the plumbers you can get out there, they'll come out and do it. But the problem is, is that if you use one of these apps and you get somebody that's not licensed and doesn't really know what they're doing, they can come out and put that toilet in, put it in wrong. It's not sealed up. You know, you get water leaks, you got all these things going on. And if they don't have insurance to cover the damage they just caused, you're in trouble. So they're going to go, oh, we're going to give you your money back. You paid us 300 bucks to do this work and we're going to give you 300 bucks, your 300 bucks back, but we're not going to pay for the $20,000 damage because you got to tear the bathroom out. And then the other problem is if you're hiring them, let's say you're sending them up on the roof because you got a roof leak or you've got some shingles that blew off. If that person gets up on the roof and they're not licensed, bought, and insured, especially the insured part, if if that employee of that handyman company falls off the roof and they're mm-hmm. not insured, you're their employer. So now exactly. you're stuck paying for the medical bills or if they become disabled or even worse, you're on the hook for that death, you know, if somebody was to fall off your roof and get killed. So you don't want to have to have, and your insurance company might not cover that because that's, that's an employee, not somebody coming over to your house and tripping on the sidewalk out in front or something like that. So it's something to consider, but you always want to do that research on getting the right people at your house. So you're not personally responsible for their well-being out there because you think you're hiring a company, but sure enough, you've got, uh, you've got an employee on your own roof. So basically make sure you listen to around the house, DIY it yourself, (laughs) And if it's big enough, then you go out and hire a contractor that will come over and do it for you. So learn as much as you can and do your own DIY and you'll be a lot better off. Yeah. And there's so many things you can do yourself and, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, you're following all your own local codes and and stuff like that. So you do it right and make sure everybody's happy with it. But uh, just follow that one up and make sure you're doing it right. And it's doing it right. Do it once. And uh, you won't have to worry about it for a long time. It's that it's the shortcuts that come back and burn you many times or or your lack of knowledge or even worse, you go on YouTube and you get the wrong advice because there's a lot of wrong advice on YouTube as well. <laughs> and uh, that's where you get really care. I'm like, whoa, you can't do it like that. But I guess they did. I mean, I saw on social media today, a guy had a uh, bathroom fan that was in his ceiling. He went to go replace it and somebody had glued a five gallon bucket in the attic space over the top of the fan and ran eight inch drainage pipe, corrugated drainage pipe all the way out from that bucket out to the outside of the house. And that's how they vented out the fan. What? You know? Wait, so yeah. the bucket was on, on the exhaust side, it was just a bucket over it. And then yeah. the, where was the pipe coming taken, out? Like, so it was like, okay, so you think about it from the attic side of things. The, mm-hmm. the, the vent fan was, you know, protruding up into the attic space. They came up mm-hmm. there and looked like they had taken caulking and it caulked the bucket upside down over the top of that. So, and then they, they cut a hole for the eight inch tube out the top, what would be the bottom of the bucket because the bucket's upside down and ran that outside. And that was how they ran the ducting on this. And I'm like, that is the craziest what? thing I've seen in a long time. 
What yeah. was the point of the bucket? I don't get it. You know, because wasn't the yeah. bucket, the air would come out the bottom for venting? Yeah. Like go- well, no, but they had it upside down on top. So it's crazy. Hey, when we come back, <laughs> let's talk more about this. And I'll tell the story. It's even right. crazier what you think. We'll do that just as soon as Around the House returns. <laughs> Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? Maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show? Or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos? My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form, and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G, your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, make sure you check out the podcast anywhere you catch podcasts if you're listening to us on the radio because you can catch it on, what, 33 different platforms out there right now. So we're just about anywhere. If there's a place that you can't find it, head over to the website aroundthehouseonline.com and send us a message, and we'll make sure to try to get it on that platform for you. If you're listening to us on the podcast... Make sure you subscribe so that way you get notified every time a new episode comes out. Well, I've got Caroline B. in the studio here as the co-host with me today. She's America's Healthy Home expert. Welcome back to our house. Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? Doing good. Doing good. Well, we didn't even get to the subject in the last segment, but I want to talk about countertops because... There are so many different options. You know, it used to be that it was like, okay, you've got tile, you've got a, a laminate like Formica or Wilson Art, and then you've got granite or, you know, or stone. And now there's so many different things, including a lot of DIY options out there, you know, because a lot of times people don't have that extra five, six, $7,000 for a, a medium-sized kitchen to put stone or a, a more expensive countertop surface on. And so I'm seeing people out there you know, come up with some innovative stuff. There's epoxies out there where you can buy this epoxy DIY kit so you can build it out of plywood and and put colored epoxy down and you've got a surface on it. But I wanted to start out talking countertops and really talking about the different materials that you can use. And then what some of the pluses or minuses, like epoxy has been hot all over social media right now. The problem is it's epoxy. You know, it's not the, the, not the easiest to use it stains really easily. You got to be really careful with it. And I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of having that level of chemical inside your house like that on a surface that you're putting your your food on. What's your thoughts on that, Caroline? Yeah, and how are you? How are they sealing it? Is that getting sealed prior to coming in, or are they actually no, laying it in the house? They're doing it in the house. So yeah, they're no. sitting there. They'll build the plywood up, and then you then you pour out the epoxy and put your color in it and swirl it up and do whatever you want, and then it cures. But uh, I have seen it go really badly go sideways. Oh, I saw one where a buddy tried doing it and in his house or somebody's house and he got it he got too thick on there and it started smoking like it was going to catch on fire and the smoke detectors nice. were going off in the house oh and he was having this chemical reaction and he was trying to breathe it. I'm like, 
that's not attractive. That's not what I want to see in my house. That's for sure. No, and you don't, your house is supposed to be your safe haven. You don't want to be mixing that kind of stuff inside the house. That sounds like a bad plan to me. And especially as an indoor air quality professional for 20 years, you know, that we got a lot of other options. I like the, the Cambria stuff. I like a lot of the quartz. I mean, a lot of my clients from a green building perspective, they're putting that in, you know, it gives you a little more durability than your classic granite. So you still have the look of stone and, um, but yeah. it's a lot more durable. You know, you don't have to put a sealer on it, which is another chemical that you have to worry about sealing the countertop. When you're thinking about quartz, Cambria is a great brand. Uh, there's a pay attention to the great, you know, the the quartz companies that are coming out. There's a lot of different quartz companies out there. The ones that make me nervous are the ones that are coming out of Southeast Asia, because you don't know the quality materials that are going into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're getting raw materials and the built in the U.S. or over in Israel or uh, or even some of the Italian ones, at least you know where that material is coming from and that there's some controls with that. I'm very worried about when they're coming out of some of these other countries in Southeast Asia. There's not really any controls on whether that quartz or the or the raw materials if they came out of something that was hazardous you don't know what's in those countertops and so i'm really i get worried about some of those lower quality ones because when they build quartz for instance there's a couple things that happen with these lower quality quartz one you don't know the materials going in there the second part is is they build this stuff when they when they pour it it's a liquid and then they heat it up and then they cool it down like glass, they anneal it. So they'll take it and put it in ovens and bring the temperature down slowly so there's not this internal tension in it. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens is, is when they do that, that keeps it to be a more stable product. In in some of these other countries, they just take it outside and put it on racks so there's no annealing. And I have, I've been in fabricators' uh, shops before, and they're sawing the, the quartz and it literally explodes because there's so much internal tension that it <laughs> fractures. And it sounds like a little mini explosive going off when it goes. You'll hear this boom because it'll it'll be it'll have so much you know tension. They'll be cutting the blade Pressure. through it, and it'll actually try to grab the blade that's cutting it, and it'll actually lift this whole you know multiple hundred pound slab off and drop it back down on the saw again, just that's from the crazy. tension. And it's a it can be ex- it can be explosive. I've I saw one where. It, busted into 15 pieces right on the table. And I was like, wow, okay, I don't want that. So you get what you pay for with those materials. So be careful with the quartz to make sure you're getting it from a legitimate name brand company and get it through one of the, you know, one of the fabricators that are that are licensed to do it. And you'll be fine. But quartz is a great product. In my house, we've been using the, uh, the DuPont Corian Endura product, which is a slab porcelain. And that looks great. And, I, I really, it's oh, got a smooth, clean look to it. Um, you know, I think it's got a more of a modern look. So a lot of people are accustomed to that stone look and they want, you know, to feel like an earthy feel, but I, I like a clean look. So I, I would gravitate towards what Eric put in. Cause it was, it just, it's just got this really kind of simple, but really clean, clean feel to it. Right. Yeah. So like my, in my kitchen, I wanted the look of concrete, but I, so it looks like a concrete counter, but it's slab porcelain. And you think of it, it's just like one big, huge piece of tile, you know, as far as that that durability and it's a, it's a fired surface. I mean, you could literally sit there and, and, uh, wouldn't, you'd never do want to do this in your house, but I could literally take and do a barbecue on right on the countertop and not hurt it. Flame doesn't hurt it. How so does it's it hold up like it's staining and stuff? Like, so say, you know, people traditionally like hair dye is an issue with women, right? They'll dye their hair and then all of a yeah. sudden they've got a countertop where they got color that won't come out. How does it do with staining and how does it hold up with colors? Well, it's and- like a piece of tile. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like a piece of tile, so it just doesn't stain because it's a, it's non-porous. And uh, that's why I'm using it in my outdoor kitchen because UV light won't hurt it. You know, you're right. Some of the you have to be a little careful with some of the quartzes with hair dye and stuff like that because they're still, you know, even though it's 93 to 95% quartz with the quartz countertops, there's still that binder in there and that that potentially could stain, but it's pretty rare. We'll talk more about that just as soon as around the house returns. And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G, your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Hey, make sure you head over to Facebook, which is Around the House with Eric G, and you can find us all over there. And that is where we've got a lot of different content throughout the week, including uh, some of my videos and things like that over there. So you can find all that in one little spot. We've got here Caroline B., America's Healthy Home Expert, riding shotgun on this ride today. Thanks for joining us today, Caroline. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, man, I, I keep thinking about theme park movie, about Action Park, you know, that documentary we were talking about in the first segment. I just, I'm a roller coaster junkie, so I, I'm, I'm, I've got this itch, kind of this post-COVID itch of going out and hitting some theme parks again, because I like my crazy roller coasters, and that's just one of my guilty pleasures. Well, we've got a, we've got New Jersey has now the Jersey Devil. It is the world's tallest, fastest, and longest single rail roller coaster in the world so we've all got to hit in. it come on you're coming oh, yeah. to i'm in new joysy <laughs> i gotta go to joysy <laughs> we're gonna go to six flags but what's your favorite so oh, yeah. out on the west coast where do you hit what do you hit for roller coasters you know we've got a little one here probably that technically the closest is really going to be over here in idaho and that's uh silverwood theme park but i'm my guilty pleasure is heading down to Six Flags Magic Mountain in L.A., and that's L.A. County, mm -hmm. north of north of L.A., and that's where the crazy roller coasters are here. That's where, on the West Coast, if you want to go ride the wild roller coasters. That's the good one. <laughs> that's the big one right there, and that's, that's the crazy stuff. So that's where I have a good time over there, and it's always fun to get down there and jump on those rides and, and go. I used to go by myself. I'd be down there, you know doing stuff uh, for work and I'd take an extra day and just go hit the theme park by myself. I didn't care. Just no, go it's fun. You meet friends, right? Everybody on a, everyone ah. on a roller coaster seems to want to make friends. <laughs> we all hang ah. out. Go for a ride. Well, and when you're one person going in, a lot of times you get up, go through the ride quicker too because they're looking for that one person to fill the ride out. So, hey, we got one. Cool. There we go. Boom. In. Good times coming. Let's get back into home improvement here even though I could talk roller coasters all day long. <laughs> we can, that's always a good time. Well, I want to talk about one of the biggest misconceptions with countertops is using the wrong product. So many people will run down to IKEA or wherever else, and they'll get the, the wood butcher block countertops. And it's an easy DIY project. And then you've got this raw wood countertop. And not only can you have problems maybe around the sink, because raw wood and water never mix well, especially when you're talking mm -hmm. a big, thick countertop. 
those can warp and split and all that stuff around a sink. You got to be super careful. My concern is, is if you're sitting there and, and you're, let's say you're going to make chicken for dinner and now you've got raw chicken sitting there on a countertop or splashed on a countertop. To me, that creates its own health issue of trying to have something that's somewhat sanitary. And there's nothing worse for putting raw meat on as a piece of wood for trying to keep 100%. that clean. So you've got, you got to worry about mold and mildew with wood when it gets wet. So now you've got a mold issue. Then you got to worry, worry about salmonella or maybe E. coli getting into the block. All of it. It, it really is not the most durable from a health standpoint. So I'm in agreement. I think go with the solid non-porous material that's easily cleanable especially for kitchens i mean it's just common sense i've seen people on 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 groups going oh i just put a lacquer finish or a urethane finish over the top and i'm like well wait a minute though that's going to end up in your food because you're putting food down on it when you're prepping if you're if you're using that countertop and i don't want to have some clear finish ending up in my food more so, That's you know, what happens with those finishes is they're not, you know, they're not that durable all the time. So when you get a constant water source, right, and you're constantly, you get spillage and splashing, you know, even if you have cabinets, wood cabinets that are stained that are right near the kitchen area, they always get worn. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're always yeah. going to have some type of seepage and the water's going to be getting in there. So to me, just to be on the safe side to prevent mold, because kitchens and bathrooms are like the two most notorious places where you're just going to get mildew and mold buildup. So... Stay with a stay with a pour something that's non-porous, something that really you know is aversion to the the water is a good is a good way. You know, you're not gonna get something that's gonna get soppy wet. Yeah, that's a good one. And then you know, it's I get that people want to have a, a cost-effective solution because it's expensive to put really great countertops down. But you know, there's nothing wrong with laminates either. Laminates are a very inexpensive, non-porous solution. If you've got a good one there, the new ones are a little bit better than. You know, they've got new technology. And I'm talking like the Formicas and that kind of stuff. If you're on a mm -hmm. budget, I would rather see you put in a Formica-type countertop, high-pressure laminate like that, that you can keep clean than to go and go ahead and do a wood one. And to be honest, with wood prices these days, I bet you the Formica is going to be less money anyway. Yeah, you've probably got a better solution. The other thing with a lot of these laminates is they, you know, they're, they take a picture. So if you want something that looks like stone... They've got high-definition pictures on them. So I've walked into p places and gone, wow, that looks like granite. And it was a, it was a laminate. It was just hmm. well done. And the, the, the colors are so much better. And if you've got a retro house, you can get some of those uh, retro laminates that look cool too. So it looks like it's out of the 50s. There's a lot of fun things with that. Now, one thing I wanted to touch base on real quick, it's a common thing. You know, I was talking about the Corian, uh, DuPont Corian Endura. DuPont here a few years ago, renamed their countertop division. Corian used to be known as an acrylic product mm -hmm. that you would see in the 90s, you know, yep. 90s and the 2000s, that you could put in this beautiful seamless countertop in its time. And there were no seams between the sink and the countertop. And you could build that thing for 20 miles long and you'd have an inconspicuous seam that you wouldn't see. Well, they renamed their countertop company that division is now the corian countertop division and so corian is not the direct name for that product anymore so now it's corian endura or you know so that's a misconception out there when when people hear corian they go oh that's that plastic stuff it's no acrylic yeah that's, that's now exactly the brand what we had in the in the i guess it's 80s right it was around 86 we we put that in so it was mid 80s yeah yeah. And uh, yeah, and it was good. I mean, that stuff really held up. It had really good durability. But yeah, it's an automatic. 
you just think when you said Corian, you know, I obviously go back to thinking that it's that acrylic product. It works great, but uh, you know, it's one of those things you see it now mostly in commercial applications, like a like a fast food countertop or something like that, where they it's, they can easily keep it clean. It's durable, but it's not getting so much use, and you know, they can do bright colors and stuff with it. So it's really you see more of it on that than you do really in the residential side anymore. And used to take a knife to it. I remember you were able to actually cut through it. I'd always end up just cutting like fruit and then I'd be like, oh no. And there'd be like a gash through the gash yep. through it. So yeah, you're much better with a cement product. Yeah, I mean, you, you could cut on it. You wouldn't hurt the knife. But to be honest, the problem was you, you'd put that scratch in it, but you could sand and polish it back out. You know, I always told people, hey, every couple of years, have a, have a company come out. <laughs> they can wet sand the whole thing or, you know, sand the whole thing and polish it and it'll look brand, like a brand new countertop again. And that's so you can take some of those scratches and squirrels out. That's cool. I never knew you could do that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You can also repair it, too. I've seen people, uh, uh, you know, move things around like they, they did a kitchen addition, so they added more material on or they wanted to change the kitchen around a little bit. You can do that with that product because you can glue it back together so you can't see where that seam is, and that's what's cool. That's the great part about that is that's the only real countertop material out there where you can have that inconspicuous seam where you literally can't see where the seams are because the, the filler material where they bond it together is the same material as the countertop, so it's, it's just there. The disadvantage, though, is with that product is you can't take a hot pan and leave it on it, for instance, because it will scorch it because it is acrylic plastic. So something to consider. Get the trivet out, do that kind of thing. The other yeah. thing too is with with quartz, you need to keep in mind with, and you got to watch out with heat. It will burn, you know, the quartz countertop, and you can break it if you've got an area with the quartz that's maybe next to the range where there's a seam there. If you take a hot pan off the stove and set it right on the countertop, you can thermally shock that seam and break it. And so that's <laughs> one of the things. Don't put a hot pan on it. The only real countertop you can do that is the. Uh, is really the uh, slab porcelain, you know, the or they call sintered is another word they use for it. It's a sintered stone, but that's that's a good way. Granite will do the same thing. You can shock, break, and thermally break a countertop that way as well. That's another one of those things you got to be super careful with. Hmm. And we all just do it, right? You know, how many times have I just grabbed something and it's so hot and I just pulled it right off onto the countertop? So it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it could do fine, but all it takes is that one time for it to go <laughs> pop. And you're like, ah, oh, now they got to come out and try to fix this thing. You know, it's other thing too, and I want to do this before we jump out to break here, but outdoor kitchens, the only materials you can really use out there, like at my house is a, you don't want to use quartz outside because quartz will yellow with the sun. So that direct sun outdoors will yellow the resins in that. So you don't want to use that. Outdoors is better either using a stone or using something like the porcelain. The porcelain's perfect. Um, you know, concrete works too, but just like anything else, I'm not the biggest, I love concrete, but it's one of those products that you got to be really careful with because you, you need to seal it. You think about your driveway. If you have oil on it, it'll stain it. It soaks in. So you got to use, uh, I actually tell people to use wax instead of sealers because a wax will do a little bit better job of, of having a healthy way of, <laughs> of sealing those, that without putting a ton of chemicals in it we've seen those sealers you know what's happening with them they start to bubble up actually and it can depend on i guess it's weather it could be climate they don't really know what causes it but it actually on brand new concrete that's been sealed 
it'll actually yeah. start to degrade. And it looks like after you know a couple months that it looks like something that's been there for 10 years. So I don't know what causes that, but I think your climate has a lot to do with it. So sometimes stuff works better in a drier climate, but you get something that has a lot of in the Northeast or maybe in, in even in yep. the Midwest and places and like where you are, you know, we, yeah, it's going to be much more durable. Hey, well, uh, let's get out to break and uh, pay these bills. We come back, we're going to dive into a design on a wet bar, maybe even a juice bar. We'll do that just as soon as around the house returns. Today's indoor air quality tip is brought to you by pyramid heating and cooling and pyramidheating.com. gas and electric cooktops and ranges can add more indoor air pollution to your home than any other item. Your range hood needs to be correctly vented all the way outside of your home. Make sure it's not vented into the attic, as that can create more mold and pollution issues. The recirculating hoods don't do a great job of removing those pollutants and moisture from your air. You want that all vented outside. When you're cooking, make sure you're using the hood to get all that bad air outside your kitchen. If you have a larger hood over 400 cubic feet per minute, make sure you have makeup air to replace that air. An open window can be helped, but there's nothing more efficient and helpful than a great functioning range hood. To thrive in the great indoors, visit pyramidheating.com. Oregon CCB 59382. Make sure and tell them Eric G sent you because they work on my house. That's pyramidheating.com. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G, your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Man, it is Father's Day weekend. Hopefully everybody is out there getting their uh, getting their Father's Day stuff knocked out. I'm looking forward to uh, having a barbecue and just going to nice. be chilling out on this. It'll be fun. Getting, getting pop some presents. <laughs> yep. We're going to have family over. It'll be kind of a good old time. We've been talking about, uh, I want to wrap up our conversation, Carolina. Finishes are one of those things that it's an issue, you know, whether it's caulking, whether it's adhesives, any of that stuff when you're talking countertops. And you brought up a break here about, you know, there's some really good clean and greener options for that. You don't have to use the nasty, smelly stuff that's got the VOCs in it. Yeah. So we were talking about, you know, if you've got to put those countertops down and you need an adhesive under there, just to give it a little, you know, extra something. You can use, yeah. I think Chemlink makes a good clear. Silicone caulks are usually the way to go. So they make a really good, Chemlink, I mean, when I talk no smell, I mean no smell. I mean, this stuff is really, just once it's solidified, there's nothing there. Um, and I deal a lot with allergy patients and people who have, you know, all kinds of sensitivities to things. So Chemlink makes a really good caulk that I like. Um, and then there's also something called AFM Safe Coat, the Almighty Adhesive. That's also another one. So, you know, if you have somebody in the house who's asthmatic or whatever, you can really use some, there's great products out there that are, you know, more than um, accessible to you. So definitely check into it and make sure you don't have to use the most toxic thing. There's definitely stuff that's non-toxic too. I always like those options. Just, you know, I hate smelling the entire house up with, you know, using stuff. It used to be, you know, I do Formica or something like that. I do a project and man, one, some of those things were so brutal. They were explosive. So you didn't want to actually, you know, if you were doing something in the garage with the water heater, gas water heater you didn't want to use that in the garage you wanted to take it outside because the chance of you flashing over the garage with you in it was was high and uh that's not good for you either i can't tell you how many times that i'd used that stuff probably 25 years ago and i walked out of the room going 
All right, that was a contact high from that stuff. I didn't, you know, wasn't <laughs> oh good for me. Wasn't good for me that. Uh, and like you were saying during the break too, I mean, it's nice when you do a project. You, I mean, you don't have to have that smell associated with it anymore. I mean, you could do, I do projects all the time and we've got, you know, new bathrooms go in, new kitchens go in and there's no odor. Like you never get that real new smell or that toxic smell. And you were saying the same thing with your renovations that you were doing you just didn't have it anymore a lot of the low voc products right they're just amazing now i mean a lot of companies are making them paint companies you know ben moore you've got sherman williams everybody's kind of got a low voc green alternative so definitely check it out that new car smell that's all the vocs and everything else coming off so it's one of those things that's you know you think about what all those things are new car smell it's not the best for you, even though I love this, the new car smell. Yeah, but you know what? I just bought a new car and it had no new car smell. It was like very minute. And so I found out, they told me at the dealership that they actually spray new car smell in there. They have a spray that makes you smell that. Oh, so come it's, on. It's not, it's not even... I mean, my car, I literally bought it right off the lot. It had six miles on it. They hadn't even prepped it yet. It just came in. And it, I mean, the smell was like barely anything and i said well why doesn't this car smell and they're like oh we spray stuff in there to make it smell like new car smell is that crazy <sighs> man we don't need that <laughs> yeah you know it's i get that there's a new car smell but <laughs> I, i'd rather come in and just smell leather right I right mean, you know that's the that's the my that's leather the seats didn't even smell for. i had napa leather in the car and it i mean it smelled like nothing so i guess i guess <sighs> the car manufacturers are getting better and better at making you know lower voc products and obviously greener products they want all the cars to be you know much more green so yeah interesting yeah, so now they use awesome. a spray bottle with new car smell <laughs> all right see the more we know <laughs> public <laughs> service announcement that we used to see back in the 80s well i wanted to talk today when we're running out of time already but i wanted to talk about kind of designing i've been working on this and we can talk about this in another episode as well but you know i've been designing out my outdoor kitchen and i've also got that outdoor wet bar kind of area and it's not really a wet bar because i don't have water going into it but you know there's such a trend these days to be building out that entertainment bar or even that that coffee bar in the master suite and smoothie bar i told you in california it's really big everybody's putting in smoothie bars so like you know you have all your friends come over and you work out and then you go to the bar and you make up smoothies and they have refrigerators and all kinds of fruit and mixed beverages it's 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 neat I think it's a great statement piece, you know, and, and it's there's a lot to go into these things. And we'll talk about this in in a in a future episode and really kind of into the dive into the details on it. But you just kind of have to think about there's multiple different ways to think about this. One, if you've got kids, is this going to be someplace that you're going to try to keep the teenagers out of? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be a display where you've got all your bottles out or is it going to be something that's much more hidden, you know, behind doors? You know, what's what's socially acceptable in your circles, you know, because some people don't like to have everything out. Some people like to have everything out. My house, the ones that we are generally used to are out on, on the wet bar area right there. And your That's wine collection use. and your wine on your wall. My wine wall. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. a fun project. That was a fun project. So really, when you think about these things, you got to think about how much you're going to use it. Because the problem is, is if you've got a refrigerator there that you're not using it's probably not going to be efficient if it's not something you use on a on a daily or weekly basis because that refrigerator is costing you money to run i like to have them there you know if you're going to design out the perfect one to me if you've got people over you can put the fruit in there you can put uh, your white wines in there for the people that are white wine drinkers so it's chilled and then you can have other beverages for the kids you know juices that kind of stuff 
it's kind of like designing that uh, the juice bar. It's the same kind of thing. Having that little bit of refrigeration, you can free up some of that space out of your kitchen refrigerator by putting it out into that area out there. And it's not a bad way to go, especially when you're trying to create space in a house. And then, so you got to think too, I, I've seen people have microwaves. I've seen people have like, what kind of appliances do you want to have in that wet bar? You know, do you, yeah. is it just a refrigerator? A lot of people are doing those too outside with the, with the grill next to it. So they've got everything going on, you know, so you can basically cook and you don't have to go in the house. You have everything you need. Ice makers are great, especially mm -hmm. if you've got, if you do a lot of entertaining. I mean, you got to think about it. If you're having a party in the summertime, you probably need about a pound and a half to two and a half pounds of ice per person mm -hmm. when you're mm -hmm. doing stuff with drinks and things like that. So you, you need to kind of plan that out. That's one of my rules is I'll I'll grab, I'll grab look at it and go, okay, I'm going to need, okay, I'm having 20 people over. That's 40 pounds of ice just for drinks. And so that's kind of my rule when I'm doing cocktails, which means you got to, you know, or, or other drinks or, you know, people want a soda or something like that. It's just one of those things. Designing that space out for that use, really think about how you entertain. That's one of the biggest ones to do with that. That there. And you want it to be comfortable. I mean, especially if it's like an outside entertaining place. I, I think you want to sit down and feel like, okay, I want to sit here. You don't want people getting up and like feeling like, oh, they're not going to sit at the bar, right? You put this bar in and now, you, and now they're not there. They're going over to sit on lawn furniture or whatever. So to me, I think you want to make it comfortable so people hang out. Caroline, thanks for coming in today again and sitting in the passenger seat for around the house today. Thanks. And hit those roller coasters, everybody. Thanks for listening to Around the House. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.